up, everybody? Welcome to the Splitline Off-Road Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, and with me today, as always... Brandon Whitehair, guys. Should be a good show today. Yeah, we got a good one lined up for you guys today. We got a, another special guest coming on the line. We're just racking them off uh, now. What is this, uh, episode number 17, I believe? Something like that. Yeah, so we're just kind of in the groove... Yeah. Going through the off season, yeah, it's, last, uh, it's almost not off season anymore. That's right, it's getting close. Yep. I think we got like three, like maybe two and a half weeks for Supercross starts, and yep, we're gonna start previewing Supercross maybe next week. Do a little bit of that. Maybe we'll do like an episode two fifty wise. When are they deciding coast? Uh, when do you start hearing that news? Should be soon. Should be soon. Real Everything's soon. kind of thrown off with a late start. Yeah, they're doing some weird stuff this year. So. um yeah, it's, it should be really interesting. Yeah, so, but anyways, today on the line, we're going to be having Mikey Waynes, voice of GNCC, coming to you. He's going to be coming on the show. He's gracing us with, gracing us with his time and going to just talk about, you know, his career as being part of the GNCC crew and uh, how he got started. I'm not really sure exactly how he got started, so I'm pretty excited to hear from him. So we're going to talk to him here in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk probably a little bit about the uh, GoPro situation going on <laughs> in the GNCC right now, turning up uh, turning up some waves with the, with the community. Every, all over. Everybody's a little upset about it. <laughs> you know, so. yeah, Everybody's so. a little butt hurt. <laughs> I, I, would, I, li- I am too, because I like watching that stuff. Yeah, I don't, oh, yeah, I I don't typically carry a GoPro myself, but I like watching that stuff. No, like... Supposedly, with the whole GoPro situation, it's only an amateur. Only amateurs aren't allowed to wear the GoPro on their helmet. As far as I read, as far as I read into it, the pro, um, at least on the Supercross and the Motocross part, the pros are supposedly allowed to wear their on their helmet. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll get into more of that. We'll see what Mikey Williams had to say about all that and the stuff. But before all that, um, you want to hit us up with our. Instagram and Facebook. Yep. Uh, make sure you guys like us and follow us on Instagram at um, <clears throat> uh, splitline underscore mm-hmm. off-road. That's where you can find us on Instagram. I know a couple people had problems with that with the underscore stuff. But then we also have a uh, Facebook page up now, um, and it's just splitline off-road there. So make sure you guys go and like and, and subscribe and follow to us. Follow us there. Uh, we are on Spotify. That's how we do this uh you already know that if you're listening so but make sure you spread the word because uh we're excited to keep see this thing keep growing um we saw another record-breaking week with uh last week with with adam mcgill coming on um so yeah, if you ever listen to that go back and listen that's some good listens right there yeah that's some, some good that's some detail fun. Good yeah detail. It, fun fun podcast we had with him so uh i'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna get mikey waynes on now but thanks for listening guys and stay tuned all right, with that being said, welcome to the Splitline Off-Road Podcast, Mikey Waynes. What's going on, guys? Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate your time today. Yeah, no problem. I'm, uh, I'm excited about it. Awesome, man. So uh, what's, what's life like for you right now? What are you into? <laughs> um, I, am, I am knee-deep, knuckle-deep in a basement remodel right now and <laughs> trying to take advantage of all of my free time here in the winter before racing season starts back up. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people get their stuff done during the off season. This is like what, like wedding season, <laughs> yeah. uh, house house remodeling season, honey do list season. Honey do list, bingo. <laughs> yeah, we've been. Uh, I've been watching your uh, your Instagram page, and you seem to be updating people pretty regularly on on that uh, project. It's looking good. It's looking good, man. <laughs> it's finally looking like a livable space again. So that's that's a big thing. We took it down to like 
literally the concrete walls and floor and just redid everything, framing everything. So I'm ready to be, and I'll probably be done with it right when we're heading to big buck for round one <laughs> and won't be able to enjoy it. So there you go. I mean, what it is. The, the wife will, the wife will get to yeah, enjoy she'll it. She'll enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, hey, how did you get started in the GNCC world? Like, what brought you to the GNCC world? Because I, I don't know, <clears throat> I don't think, did you have a history racing, or has it always just been on the mic? So, I've always been pretty much a microphone guy. As far as my writing, um, I've always said, like, there's a reason, like, people that can do, and people that can't talk about it. So, that's where I fall in, uh, is I can't. Like, I'm terrible on a dirt bike. I'm not horrible on a quad, but I'm certainly not going to be racing anytime soon. Uh, But my buddies all raced uh, cross-country, like, locals here in Indiana. And I would go with them. Uh, I would – I like to say I help them pit, which is a fancy way of saying I drink a (laughs) case of PBR on a Saturday. And, and just help them fuel when they came in for a pit <laughs> And off. scream when they go by, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but my wife, she actually started, uh, Wifey Waynes on the social media, uh, she started two years before I did. She was a trophy girl for a local series uh, back when we were skinny and in our early 20s. <laughs> and uh, so I, I just sort of tagged along, and I had uh, my original mic experience I did stand-up comedy. Really? I, I, was, I, was, I did well with it, um, and I kind of wanted to pursue it, but my wife and I had like, I was like, okay, this is something I want to pursue. I think I could be good at this. She's like, I agree with you. We hadn't been married very long. She's like, but if you go down that road, she's like, we're probably done. Because <laughs> the reality is you close down the comedy club, you go to the bar, you close down the bar, I'm going to be four or five states away. It's just going to lead to horrible, bad decisions. Right. (laughs) I kind of chalked it up as, hey, that was a cool experience. Put that in my back pocket. So then fast forward to her doing local races. Um, They needed some help on the microphone. They said, hey, we need someone to interview, like, the micro, the peewee guys. Can you do it? You know enough about this to be dangerous. And I feel like, you know, you're, you're charismatic enough. You could do an interview. So I was like, sure. And then fast forward... I think four years after that, um, GNCC put out a, uh, a post. They said they needed a part-time announcer. I saw it. I thought that'd be a pretty cool gig. There's no way in hell I'm going to get that. Uh, and then everybody from Indiana started tagging, uh, at the time, Chelsea Taylor that worked for racer productions and saying, Hey, you got to check Mikey out. And I thought, okay, I'll give this a shot. And then here we are. I'm going into my fifth season with GNCC. That's awesome, man. You know, the, uh, it's funny, the stand-up comedy, it doesn't surprise me coming from you, honestly, because <laughs> you're a funny guy, and uh, I enjoy listening to all the BS that you put on Instagram and, yeah. and uh, what you bring to the table for the GNCC. It's, it, it's a good personality to have, for sure. And um, that's, that's pretty awesome to hear uh, how you got going with them and that they, uh, that they took a chance on you, and here you are. Because, I mean, it seems like, um, I think I first noticed you I can't it's been a few years ago I, I first noticed you I'm like oh that guy's cool and then I noticed you down at uh, uh Howard's Hole last year at the uh at the snowshoe GNCC and uh, yeah yeah <laughs> that looked pretty fun too <laughs> Howard's Hole that is like from from year one like that's where I wanted to be every year we'd go to snowshoe and I'm like someone set up a damn camera at Howard's Hole send me there 
I won't do any pit reporting. We'll just do like live um, updates from Howard's Hole. Like begged them every year. They finally did it last year. And well, I guess two years ago now we didn't even have right. friggin' snowshoe. But anyways, we finally did it. And it was it was a huge like everybody loved it. I'm like, I told you guys, this is fantastic. So, oh, yeah, because I think that's the heart. Yeah, that's that's the heart of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And those are my people. Like, I love the people that go out there and party and have fun. And like results are awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. Everybody's out there. You know, you want to do better than you did last race. And right. Get a championship, all that stuff. But like my favorite part of GNCC is just the party atmosphere, the the people having fun, essentially. That, that's my favorite part. You're down the earth fans, getting in and there exactly. with the fans. Yeah, it's, that's great. Let me ask yeah. you, how early did you have to leave Howard's Hole to make it back up to the podium? Because <laughs> oh, me being was... a me being a mere peasant, I had <laughs> I had to stand in a line that was three miles long to even get to the chairlift. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was crazy? So we had uh, one of our racer TV guys, Jordan, had a a UTV. Well, it, it was a, a Papaw UTV. Okay, um, okay, yeah. okay. So he would take me around the back way. So literally like we bypassed everything and it was kind of funny because once I get to the podium, do those interviews pretty much by the time I'm done with all of them, that's when I start seeing everyone from Howard's hole again, stumbling back up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was my wife and my son, my, I took a three-year-old down there. Now listen, it wasn't, it does not as bad as it sounds because we didn't go clear into the heart of Howard's hole. We were kind of where they exit the woods. I wasn't yeah. about to take him clear into the depths of Howard's hole, but, but we, we made the mistake of waiting too long to go get in line. Oh, no. <laughs> and we were like, Oh man, I, I'm not joking when I say it, it felt like a mile away from the. I was like, oh, let's oh, go, God. let's go see if we can get up to the podiums now. And by the time we got up there, yeah. everybody was already, you know, dressed <laughs> and eating dinner. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You uh, kids definitely learn some things. That, my favorite part, like, I'll get there, and of course, everybody immediately is like, "Hey, let's chug a beer, do a shot of this," and I'm like, "I would love to." That's my camera guy. If my boss sees me chugging beers down here, I'm probably not going to be able to keep this job much longer. So I appreciate it. Hit me up as soon as I'm done. <laughs> so being that it was a huge hit, does that mean that we'll see you down there regularly? Oh, for sure. Yeah, nice. I think without a doubt we'll we'll be back down there and do it again. I know for, for ATVs, I pretty much – I imagine I'll stay down there for the duration of the race. Right. Bikes, since they're three hours, I'll probably spend – you know, an hour down there and then probably head to the pits. Cause there seems to be more pit action typically, um, on Sundays with the, uh, the bikes as opposed to ATVs. And the crowd's not really down there as, as much during, during the bike races. They are during the quad race. I don't feel like they, uh, a human body can't make that trek two days in a row. It doesn't seem yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> that nails it. I feel like everybody is, is so exhausted from Saturday that uh it, it kind of fizzles out on sunday yeah that's the quad that's the quad like glory moment oh, to yeah. shine yeah. Uh, over the dirt bikes just a little bit yeah. too much yes, too exactly. much crown the night before you know yeah hard to recover yeah <laughs> yeah for sure so what was 2020 like for you and and did that create like craziness for your job as well did you have a hard time with that i saw a lot of the a lot of the uh, interviews that you guys were having having to you know be so far apart and all that um gncc did a really good job of kind of hitting the nail on the head with how they how they combated the covid atmosphere yeah. and, <clears throat> so uh talk to us a little bit about that 
so it, it was definitely different. It was difficult. Um, we, we went from, okay, no interviews. So, okay, we'll do, it was basically all year I was begging for, Hey, I want to bring podiums back for all of our youth riders. Uh, even if we got them, do them one at a time, I'll make them quick, whatever. It never really happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know a lot of the parents out there of youth riders were, were bummed. They're like, Hey, my local series is still doing podiums. Why can't we do it on the national? And I, I kept saying, you guys have to understand that there are a lot more eyes on the national circuit as opposed right. to a local. All it takes is one person to be like, look what these people are doing. We could get shut down and then we're not racing at all. Exactly. So yeah. as much as it sucked, as much as I hated not being able to interview all the youth, I got it. You know, I understood. I supported the decision. Hopefully next year we can get back to it. Um, but yeah, it was, it seemed like every race, it was kind of something different. And then finally, toward the end of the year, we got it dialed to where we were able to do some more interviews, even though it was still kind of socially distanced, um, which which sucked. I mean, it is what it is. Like, all politics aside, it, it never bothered me. But I understand from a business aspect why Racer Productions, why GNCC had to make the decisions that they did. Right. And and you you guys were still able to do really cool things throughout this year. Uh, I mean, I know like the mullet challenge <laughs> that you guys yeah. had, and, and you promoted on, on your guys' podcast, uh, the Bottleneck Live Show. Um, that was awesome to see, and, and it looked like fun. Uh, it looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, that one was. Um, have you guys? Have you guys been to Iron Man? No, no, no that's, that's a bucket, that's a bucket list. Yeah, yeah that's a bucket list. Bucket God bless. So I, I say this all the time. I feel like, and I feel like I can say this because it represents myself. But I feel like Indiana Rednecks <laughs> and West Virginia Rednecks are like cut from the same cloth. You guys awesome. are like mountain hillbillies, and we're like farmer hillbillies you could uh, you guys just have bigger deer yeah (laughs) yeah but um yeah the mullet thing kind of came about by accident uh we kept seeing all these mullets at the races ken hill was joking about it photographer for gncc uh me and dq were, were talking about it and i said why don't we do i said what we'll do i'll bring my sound system we'll set up a small area and we'll do like the bottleneck live mullet contest whatever money we raise we'll just like throw to the local breast cancer charity or something. Right. So then it, it kept growing. It kept getting bigger. And then I'm like, this is too big for us. So I, I called Tim Cotter uh, from Racer Productions. I said, here's our idea. Uh, would we be able to use like the podium? And he's like, how about you use the monster stage? I'm like even better. <laughs> so it just kind of snowballed into this huge thing. Uh, we were able to raise over a thousand bucks. And we got uh, Big John. Big John Knox actually cut his mullet off. Ken Hill did with a pocket knife. Uh, <laughs> it was ridiculous. But but John Knox, man, he's had that mullet for like over thirty years. Oh wow! And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a sight to see. Man, the mullet thing—that's hilarious. How how it's it's kind of like taken over the GNCC community, and it's ridiculous. Anytime I I'm out and I just happen to see a mullet, and I'm like, I wonder if those guys, what if those guys race GNCC or not? So exactly, yeah, yeah. So what class are you racing next year, man? You got a mullet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And you know, speaking of what class you're racing and stuff like that, my wife's got a funny game that we kind of play when we're out and about, and it's like picking out people that that she's like i bet you that guy races 
Junior B, and, and, and on the dirt on dirt a dirt bike, and it's hilarious. Like when she does stuff like that, because I'm like, actually, yeah, you're probably right. It does look like that. You are pegging these guys pretty pretty accurately. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, with with all the with all the crazy things going on in the 2020 season, you guys seem to be able to really still be able to do you know cool stuff and. You know, like I said, I watch your uh, your your show on the Bottleneck Live on Facebook pretty much every time you guys put some stuff out, and it's always like, you know, awesome content. So anybody listening, if well, you, thank you if you haven't already, <laughs> and somehow you know about our podcast and you don't know about the Bottleneck Live show, make sure you guys check that out on Facebook. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, no problem. What what was like the uh, the craziest race you think you saw in 2020? Like, uh, you know, I know we had the the big dust ball up in uh, Mount Moores and. And, you know, what, you know, what, I guess what's your favorite crowd besides Indiana? We all know, you know, you like Indiana, but what's your favorite crowd from all the, all the, the 2020 the season? 2020 yeah, season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, I think anytime we get even remotely close to West Virginia, whether it's <laughs> snowshoe or not, that is just to me. I mean, that's the heart. That's the Blackwater 100 to me. That is the heart of GNCC. And you are hard pressed. In all those states we go to, you're very hard-pressed to find more passionate riders and fans than that region. Um, there's just something special. And I'm not kissing your ass because you guys are from West Virginia. I really mean that. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like that's the grassroots to me of off-road racing. Um, yeah, the, the crazy thing is, is a lot of people don't – didn't like – Myself, growing up in West Virginia, only 35 minutes from Morgantown, didn't really realize that racer productions, you know, and all that stuff is we're kind of yeah, we're kind of the heart of it. Heart of it. (laughs) That's the crazy part. So yeah, for sure, it's just so much, so much history there. Um, I don't know. It it sounds cheesy, but you can kind of feel that that history of GNCC. Well, nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anytime you're around that area. Uh, my probably favorite race weekend to watch, and I watch a lot of stuff on the racer TV stuff. Um, and I watched this particular race on racer TV, uh, was the Mountaineer this year, the ATV and the bike races. I don't think you could have had a better, uh, race either way for like fan favorite, fa- uh, fan yeah. favorites, like passionate people. Cause it seems like, because, uh, you know, when we did our show there, we named it uh, the Weekend of the Fan Favorites because that's who won that weekend. So, I, like, talk us a little oh, bit through for that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was – as far as storylines from from 2020, I mean, you can't ignore what Stu Baylor did to close out the season. Uh, and, of course, everybody's thinking, well, he's your 2021 champ. And then you sit back and you're like, well, wait a second, Thad Duvall's coming back right. all these other guys. and. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun as far as the two wheel side of things to see how, to see who's going to snag the wins mm-hmm. and who's going to snag a championship. My hope is it comes down to the last race of the season. I don't know if that's the case or not. I know those guys don't want it to come down to that, but <laughs> yeah. hopefully it does. And then two wheel side, or excuse me, four wheel side, like Walker Fowler, I know he spoke to somebody shortly after the season and he's very professional. Um, always, you know, politically correct, says the right thing, and it works well for him. I think every sport needs a yin and a yang, and our yin and yang for ATVs <laughs> is without a doubt Walker and Adam McGill. <laughs> right, uh, right. But they're both marketable. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? um, yeah. But but Walker Fowler made a point to, to someone I know, and he said, 
So I guess everybody's forgotten about me. I guess they've forgotten about all of my championships. So I think he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder, which is probably bad news for everybody else. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. Uh, if that injury that he sustained, if, if the, you know, the, the head, the headache issues, if that all goes away, it's going to be fun to watch. So I, I don't, I don't even know if, if ATVs is a, a done deal. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to watch and see how it all plays out. Yeah, yeah. yeah picture, <laughs> picture perfect as if both series has come down to the last race, you know, for us fans. Um, you know, Brandon and I have talked a lot. We had Bryce and Neil on a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I tell you what, man, he is just – he's rolling with he's a ball rolling. of fire yeah. right now, especially after the second half of the season after the summer break. Um, and one thing, you know, we were talking to him about, he's definitely got the speed. It's just the – the not making the mistakes and the, yeah. the being consistent and consistent starts. That's where Walker has been able to just really kill everybody is with those consistent starts. Um, yes. Yeah. And with the, with the bike side, I, I don't feel like you could be much more up in the air. Well, the series is wide open with Russell out and, and, you know, so who's going to fill those shoes? You know, he's won what the last seven, eight titles. Seven, eight. isn't it? Yeah. Is it eight? eight. Yeah. Okay. Eight. Yes. Eight. eight years in a row. He's won every title. So, there's a lot of big shoes to fill. There's, you know, so anybody, it's, it's up for grabs. You got a lot of people coming back too. That that um, I thought he was challenged more this year than I really thought he was going to be going into the season. Um, even though he kind of walked away with it, but it seemed like he was consistently being challenged by somebody. Not always the same yeah. person, mm -hmm. but somebody. <laughs> it was it was interesting to hear. Uh, after Stu Baylor was able to click off those two wins in a row, I asked him, you know, what. What is making the difference for you? Obviously, you know, you're on the Yamaha, all this and that. We, we, all those things we see, but what personally was making the difference for him? And he said the whole time he was out, he was watching video of Caleb. And he said, and I just basically tried to replicate everything Caleb did. He said, and Caleb brought up a point that he's like, it's so painfully obvious, but he had never thought about it. And that was, I'm not trying to beat everyone out there i'm trying to beat the guy i'm riding next to so if i can do that eventually i'm going to find myself out in front of everybody so it was just about competing against that guy that you're handlebar to handlebar with in the woods whatever the case may be you know you you, you click them off you know you chip away at this guy you're on to the next one and eventually you're out front so it was interesting to hear hear his perspective on that and back to bryson neal i mean he was what i think two maybe three races where i think he had like mechanical issues or something yeah, yeah. i mean if, if you take those things away and he's able to podium in those races he's fighting for a championship yeah yeah and then every race that that we had after the after the summer break he was in a position to win if not actually winning yeah. the race so momentum's a heck of a thing you know we talk about it all the time and it seems like if a guy can get that momentum he just it, it becomes easier. Yeah, confidence. Yeah, you know, as a racer, confidence is huge. So when, once you get that, and you, know, you line up against the guys, they're like, "Oh, I could beat you guys!" Like you know, and then yeah, and, and then you want to talk about you know, you know, in the full world side. I think it's what Austin Abney is coming up. I yeah. think for the XC one class, and uh, yeah, and he was you know coming from the second line and was coming up in almost a couple of races and like almost putting in position. So yeah, what can he do from the front line? So you know, there's just another player just thrown in the thrown in the basket. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how see how Austin does. Um, he we did a small little Indiana GNCC banquet 
And I asked him during that, you know, what was the expectation for himself next year? And he's like, he kind of shrugged and smirked. And he's like, we're shooting for, he's like, we'd love to get some podiums. He's like, but realistically, I see myself, you know, that fifth, fourth, sixth place area. He's like, I would be happy with that and build on that. It's so interesting because I hear a lot of guys talk about how, they didn't know what it was going to be like going into the pro class. And I can't even imagine, like these guys, even on um, the, the XC2 lines, um, they're already, you know, top tier athletes, but then there's that next step up. It's interesting yeah. to me how they can race up into a podium position, like Austin, you talked about Austin Abney, but he yeah. understands that starting on that front line is even different, which I don't quite wrap my head around <laughs> that, but but it's interesting. <laughs> I just think it's like you look around, you're like, man, there's Walker Fowler, seven-time GNCC champion. Uh, you know, you got Adam McGill, and you just look around, you see all these championships, and you're like, I'm the rookie. <laughs> so it's, I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure it's nerve-wracking. Yeah, it's got to be intimidating because you're – you literally, you go, you know, we see it a lot of times when a guy moves up from the XC2 to the XC1. If he doesn't have that success that he felt in the previous class, he kind of, you know, fades away, fades mm -hmm. into the sunset. I think of like Marty Christopherson. Yeah. Fantastic racer. Um, great in the XC2. Things never quite clicked in the XC1, and he didn't race at all last year. And I know life, you know, life gets in the way, things like that. I'm sure he wants to be out there, but at some point you're like, okay, financially, I'm just hemorrhaging money doing this. I gotta, I gotta do something else. But right, and especially it, in the quad world, these guys they they, they yeah. have to show up and they have to show up quick if they want to be able to fight, like you said, financially uh, stay afloat right. in this series. Mm -hmm. And then that's it, the the beautiful thing about being Adam McGill is you don't have to get wins. You yeah. don't have to get podiums. <laughs> so be marketable because he's got such a, you know, a charismatic personality that people, you know, they jive with and it works for him. And I love that. Oh yeah. I wish he'd call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if he could call, <laughs> maybe if we were live yeah. one day, we're going to yeah, be live right? and try try to do this. But, uh, <laughs> um, somebody coming up and kind of, uh, I wouldn't say in his footsteps, but in their own style, I think is Hunter Hart. He's like a guy that, that is, is really doing a good job at marketing himself with, with the social media is where it's at. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the ticket. If you are a social media person and you put out content and you put out good content that people yeah. are interested in, then that's, that's kind of the, uh, the, the ball game right there. Yeah, yeah Hunter's – he is – it's hard to beat Hunter Hart on that. And, like, what I appreciate about him – is he is constantly thinking outside of the box as far as sponsorships. Like the guys had cooler sponsorships, uh, freaking Outback Steakhouse, <laughs> yeah. uh, like all this random stuff that you're like, whatever, if they're throwing you free shit or, or money or whatever the case is, all that is is drawing more attention to the sport. That's good for you. That's good for everybody. Exactly. Yeah, bring especially in, the outside some, stuff. Yeah, yeah bringing some different people into the sport, which yeah, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And that that can be a lesson to be learned all the way to the top. Like even in Supercross, you hear about these teams that that are having trouble finding a, a sponsor to to sponsor them. Yeah. I mean, look, we just lost JGR because of that. Yep. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's well. JGR had their own things going on the Suzuki's, everything. <laughs> true, but true. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, a minute ago you talked about how how um, 
how there was a lot of GoPro watching of uh, of Caleb Russell to uh, to to see you know how he attacks the tracks and stuff like that. Speaking of the GoPro issue, we got a little interesting thing going on with GoPros nowadays with uh, with the yeah. rules changing and, and all that. What's your take on that? Um, I you know I I try to. I guess stay out of the politics Uh of it since I'm not throwing my leg over a bike and going out there and doing it. Uh, I know from like, okay, from my perspective, obviously it's not, if I go out and ride my motorcycle, I'm not AMA sanctioned while I'm on the highway, but I want to be able to wear a a GoPro on my helmet. That way, if somebody hits me or something, it's all documented right there. Mm -hmm. Kind of the same thing in racing, really. I mean, if somebody screws you, if they, if they cut a line, to me, the benefits of having the GoPro outweigh the one-off, one-in-a-million shot that you end up getting injured. Right. I, From what I read, just reading comments and such, I believe there was an ATV motocross rider that had a pretty serious injury. I don't know if that is the AMA's reasoning mm-hmm. on making the rule. Uh, I really have no idea, but I just I can't help but think, like, to me, I would have liked to have seen a little more clarification from the AMA on why did you guys make this rule? Because right. so many people use a GoPro. Like, what is your reasoning? You need more than, hey, you can't do it anymore. Like, right. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm that's like a dad telling his kid, well, because I said so. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, what, GoPro didn't want to sponsor AMA anymore or something? That's <laughs> like, yeah, what happened? <laughs> It's very strange to say the least. Well, what I think is interesting is 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 Brandon was just telling me, which I didn't realize that it's it's not a pro thing; it's a amateur thing. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. From what I understand, yes, I think uh, Jason Wygant put out something to where I believe like Supercross, Promoto, they're good. So I would assume that GNCC pros fall under that as well. Y- yeah. So I would assume they're okay. If you read um, if you read the rule book, it just says amateur. So it doesn't mm, okay. it doesn't classify pros. So right. I, I just assume I would assume I would assume that as well. I, I I'm with you on that. That's exactly what I would think. Well, if this rule, you know, which it'll probably you know go through. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the pros uh, of the GNCC can continue to use them on their helmets. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I'm a huge fan of watching uh, of watching Bryson Neal's uh, videos on on YouTube because. Yeah. You can learn so much by watching these guys uh, doing yep. doing what they do best, and then also, you know, if I'm going to a race I've never been before, I like to watch some GoPro videos to see, you know, maybe what I'm getting myself into a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> makes total sense. Yeah, I, I told Bryson it was funny. I was telling him I said, you know, I watch your videos, and <clears throat> it's kind of like how you see a baseball batter how he's you know either swinging a couple of bats or swinging a bat with a weight on it. And yeah. as soon as you take that bat off, you can swing that bat a little bit faster. And that's what I feel like watching his videos. I feel like as soon as I take the speed away from watching the videos and I'm actually doing it myself, it's a little <laughs> bit <laughs> – just take all that speed away, yeah. right? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Have you guys ever thought about maybe like miking, miking a, a couple of riders up for the uh, Racer TV broadcast or something? Like somehow maybe coming up with something like that? Oh, as far as um, <laughs> like getting footage out there with it? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe, well. That would be nice. Um, it would be nice to do something like that. It, like obviously GoPro. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure how it works. I know we do have like GoPro set up out there that we pull shots from. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why we couldn't 
you know, kind of like NASCAR does when yeah. you get like a, a view from the driver's perspective. Especially like the point, you know, like the points leader, like Walker, you know, Walker Fowler, or you know, just get that, yes. you know, you know, or that per- Stu Baylor, perspective. get that, you know, see what they're going through. That would be pretty cool. What I think's the, awesome. The is- other side of that that would be debatable is how many pro guys don't want to go pro feeding racer tv live footage uh-huh. because maybe they're taking some lines that maybe no one else knows about <laughs> then you open up a whole new can of worms maybe that line's just on that border of that 25 feet exactly. foot measuring table exactly. yeah. yeah yeah what i think is awesome about the racer tv broadcast is you guys have grown so much in the past few years even uh, with the drone footage stuff uh, it really, it really makes you know guys like Brandon and myself that aren't able to make it to all the races, be able to follow the series even more. And I gotta you know think that 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 that's a huge stepping stone to broadening your 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 diehard uh, fans, uh, broadening yeah. the horizon for that. Yeah, it's it has. Uh, thank you. First of all, thank you for that. Um, that is a, a team effort. We, what, what people don't see behind the scenes is every week before a race, uh, usually Monday or Tuesday, we have a racer TV phone call where it's literally, it's our producer, our director, myself and Rodney, uh, and our cameraman. Um, and we go over like, Hey, here's what we, here's what we effed up on the last race. This is how we get better. Um, you know, so we, we do all care and we do try. Um, it is so difficult. I mean, literally, these guys are going out there in the middle of BFE yeah. and setting up an entire internet service, a TV production. So it's very difficult. Um, but thanks to guys like Adam Gordon, I'll give him a shout out. Um, and the work that he has done, uh, he really has put a lot of effort in refining what we do and getting it dialed in. And it helps, too, that like Rodney and I have been working together for long enough now to where we can feed off of each other, at least from our perspective, we can feed off of each other and kind of, we don't even have to think about it anymore. It's not, it's kind of like come second nature to us. Now, is that um, your guys' biggest challenge is the, uh, the internet service and the, the, the data that you guys are able to use out there? Um, correct. Yeah. I figured, yeah. cause it just, <laughs> I never go to a track that it, you don't have issues somewhere. I don't care yeah, if it's, it's local, national, whatever. As, as my yeah, wife says, it, it takes, one little internet hiccup and we are like okay hit the slam the panic button we got to figure this shit out <laughs> yeah as my wife says if if there's not a dirt gravel road it looks like you're going to a cow pasture you're not going to a racetrack <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah if it's all paved in blacktop we're like okay what the hell is going on here yeah these people that are like broadcasting you know basketball football games you're like yeah hold my beer watch this <laughs> yeah well i just did um I just did Minios down in Florida. Okay. And we did that with Racer TV. And, you know, it's all moto. It's so, not to say it's easy. It's still, there's a lot of names out there um, that I can easily screw up. But it's so much easier to be able to talk moto. Whereas, you know, sometimes with the GNCC, we're blind. Like, we can't see the leaders. Like, you know, we're staring at, like, the Monster Energy can. (laughs) <laughs> waiting on the leaders to come in. So, you know, Rodney and I can't just sit there and let it be dead air or people on TV are going to be like, are you shitting me right now? Like I'm bored to tears. <laughs> so to be able to have those moments where it's like, okay, maybe our camera's down or whatever. Now Rodney and I, we got to bullshit for the next five, 10 minutes 
and sometimes it may sound like we're droning on, but like literally in our ear, our producers like, Hey guys, we're working on it. We're working on it. So that's probably the most, you know, the difficult times is when we can't see anything and it's like, okay, but you guys do a great job. That's bullshit. I can, I can only imagine how hard that is. Cause like you said, you know, uh, motocross, you're sitting there watching these guys and you, you know, you're talking about two set or I'm sorry, two minute lap times where, where the whole track most of the time, yeah, you can see the most (laughs) of the track, but, um, but like, you know, often you guys are working with how many different camera angles do you guys typically have? Is it what, like three or four or, uh, so we've got our drone operator and then man, I would say we've got a finish line cam, a start cam. Um, I want to say about five different camera guys outside of uh finish line and drone. Right. Right. So I think that's right. I think that's about right. Next step is we need we need like uh, cameras at every single mile marker. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah, because then I you guys agree more. It'd make your guys' life a lot easier for yeah. sure. <laughs> yes, it would. Tell you what, that drone guy. He uh, don't let him go. Yeah, don't. That's that. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that last race was awesome because of the tree. All the leaves were off the trees. Yeah. And, and yeah. He, he could get in there and just. Well, you can see everything. Like a lot of a lot of stuff you couldn't see before. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, he's good. He's he's definitely good. Daniel is his name. Now, now you have have you been dipping your toe in the Supercross world at all? Because I think I've seen some uh, you know pictures and stuff like that of you there on Instagram. Or is that just going as a fan? No, I did. Um, I technically still work a little Supercross, but because of Corona, I haven't. The last half of the season last year, and the, or I guess this year, and then I won't next year. So basically. Um, for Supercross, I worked with a, a company called Podium Marketing, and they had the contract with Toyota, which is you know one of the major sponsors for Supercross. Right. So basically, they would fly a group of us to every round, um, and prior to the race, I'd work in the uh, the like fan pro pit area. All I had to do was literally MC at Toyota, get people to come in. Uh, check out Toyotas and and try to sign up with one of the models that we have there. Um, once I got done with that, we would tear down the rig and we'd be into the stadium to watch all the mains. Nice. So really good gig, uh, paid really well, got to travel on another company's dime, and then Corona happened and it screwed everything up. <laughs> oh yeah. So, <laughs> Don't I won't be doing that next year, and I don't know. I mean, no clue what the future holds with it, but uh, definitely want to get back to that because that is a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, su- Supercross is is going to always oh, good. Me and my wife, and there, there's about ten of us that usually go to Indy every year. We love going to Indy. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, it, it's a fun out there. I don't if no one's ever been. You guys got to go. Just uh, the the pit area is a little different. You know, a little different experience. But I, I always tell I've been telling Cooper that the um, the uh, main like the opening ceremonies are awesome in supercross oh yeah it's uh my sister-in-law lives in tampa and she went she'd never been to a race so we said okay we're coming down there we're working it uh come hang out with us and my wife she took her into the uh stadium she's like if if even if you don't watch any racing she's like you just have to watch opening ceremonies yeah Opening so ceremony. she saw that. She's like, "This is insane." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but I'm done. when it's done. Like the hair on my arms and my back are just standing oh, up. Yeah. They're just. I'm like, "You ready to go out and hit that?" I was big like, "Where's my bike, man?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the cool part uh, working Supercross, we did uh, Toyota does the halftime show. Mm-hmm. So literally, like one of the things I had to do prior to the race was 
hold a competition with fans. I usually did some bullshit, make them do push-ups and all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, but my top two winners from the pits got to do the halftime show, which was some, you, you to... know, little competition there on the track. Um, so we would literally, me and usually two other people would roll into the stadium in the Tacomas, pull them up on the track. So that was my personal favorite part because right there before the main start, I'm driving into the stadium right next to all these supercross riders. And I get to like literally pull the truck in, in front of the starting gate, get out and stand there and like, look around the stadium. Like, Holy crap, is this real? Yeah. Um, so that was pretty awesome. I missed that big time. So oh, for sure. Get back to that. Yeah. The, the last year, uh, la- well, it was last year, um, before all COVID. So, uh, we, we, we actually got down and we got hooked up with monster. We got to go to the monster party before. And then, Oh yeah. Yeah. And then we, um, uh, we actually got track walk from Monster, so we actually got to go out and tr- walk the track. Man, that is fantastic! It's, it's crazy when you're on the track down there, and, and then the, all the fans are starting to foul in. Like, yep, it was just like, whoa, you know? Like, <laughs> I was yeah, like, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. It it was it was pretty cool. Then as I'm walking down, like Chad Reed's walking up the tunnel, and adding the Ink Nap is coming up, and it was it was just <laughs> a really cool experience, man. It, it's awesome. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> So, hey, I got a question for you. <laughs> How did it feel to do the 10-second call when you got to do the 10-second call when Rodney was sick? Oh, God. <laughs> what, what was the question again? What was it like, you know, trying to do the 10-second call? Because I know as a, as a fan forever that he has got that thing down to a T. Yeah. And, and it's never anybody else. So Right. So, so, what, so you know, how that came about, Rodney – I, it, so it's it's Sunday morning. I'm at the finish line calling the youth race and the amateur race. I get a text from Rodney. He said, I'm not feeling well. I think I may be going home. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I was like, well, just keep me posted. Um, so next thing I know, he's like, yep, I have a fever. They're making me go home. It's all you, buddy. I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I got to brush. Like I used to do them when I did local races. I would do the 10-second call for those. But that's been four years ago. Um, and Rodney's is like so smooth, so perfect. It's like the one that all local series, you know, imitate. So I get down to the starting line and I'm like, all right, here's the deal, guys. Rodney is smooth as butter. Today, I'm doing your 10 second call. Rodney went home. I am like imitation butter. I am parquet. It's going to be a 10 second call. It's going to be decent, but it is definitely not going to be Rodney's make no mistake. I'm not trying to outdo him. I'm not even trying to match how well he does with it, but we'll give it a shot. So yeah, that was the first time I'd done it in four years. It was pretty cool. I, I hadn't been, I've done enough, you know, microphone and TV and, you know, national work that I don't really get too nervous anymore. But that one had me like, okay, I'm shaking a little bit. Like this is a lot to take in. And then the funny part about it, well, funny, funny to me, Ben (laughs) Kelly ended up jumping the start 
And I told him after the race, I was like, dude, that was probably my fault because you're probably normally in rhythm with Rodney that when I did it, I completely screwed up your start. <laughs> I wasn't going to say, I wasn't going to say, but, but Brandon and I, we were talking about that, like during our uh, post race um, uh, podcast that weekend. And, uh, and it was funny cause I was, I was telling him, I was like, you know, you watch all these guys, GoPro videos and it's almost like the, f- the flag flies at the exact same time Rodney does yes. it, and Mikey did it just a little bit different, and I bet you that's yep. what threw Ben off. <laughs> I'm telling you, I guarantee you it was. I screwed him up, man. I think you cost him a podium, or you didn't cost him a win, did you? Or I think it was a podium. <laughs> no, no. I, well, I cost him a podium, but then I think that's the same race. He ended up getting penalized for cutting the track, him and a few guys. I think, uh, I thought, okay. I think so, yeah. So here's my question. Yeah. If you start early, what the penalty is, what, 15 seconds at the, at the, uh, the, the, at the finish line? Finish line. Yeah, correct. So they will hold you up. I think depending, I think if you get the machine shut down, like if you, you know, false start, essentially you get it shut down immediately. I want to say it is a 15 second uh, hold at the finish line. Okay. But I think if you, if you full blown jump the start, I want to say it's 30 seconds, maybe longer. Okay. I was, I was, I wasn't sure because I, I knew there had to be different rules there because if it's only a 15 second, like if I'm starting, I'm like, oh crap, I'm taking off. <laughs> oh yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I know if 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 you get it shut back down right away, it's a certain amount, and then if you don't, it's a more significant uh, penalty. Right, right. Hey, uh, jumping subjects a little bit, Brandon and I, when we were starting this podcast, we were we were searching for a name for our podcast (laughs) (laughs) and he we were just talking a little bit ago about the whiskey throttle show and and oh yeah you got the bottleneck live show and i'm like daggone it brandon every (laughs) good name is taken and i don't think you guys could have taken a better name for for an (laughs) off-road racing show i was like that is the absolute perfect name so I hate bottle. Well, we owe that to um, so so our our little buddy Lucas Grounds that uh, okay. has the yeah. the back injury right now. It, I believe it was. I know it was. It was definitely the Grounds that named it for us. But it was either him or his dad, uh, Justin Grounds, that actually when we were like, man, we got to come up with a name. Justin. It was either Justin or Lucas. Was like, well, how about bottleneck? Like that's kind of good. And we're like. Let's do it. That's perfect. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. definitely true to uh, GNCC or local events. I hate bottlenecks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you got. Like, well, love... we got nothing else to do. We may as well sit here and talk about racing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got. You got to love like sh- like names like that that are double meanings and yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of Lucas Grounds, you guys have been at the forefront, really, um, on social media for for you know the encouragement for him and 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 really really you know getting people involved with with donating him and sharing everything that they're doing um i've been following his story since since his injury happened and i tell you what man every day it's incredible to see what that what that kid has been able to to accomplish yeah it's um that one's definitely near and dear to our heart Mm -hmm. i've known lucas pretty much since he was a little kid dq has known lucas since he was born um and they're very tight. They're a lot closer than he, than Lucas and I, um, you know, DQ was there when the injury happened, um, been by his side through all this. It's, I think it's affected DQ a little bit. He's generally speaking, DQ is a pretty quiet dude. Um, and, uh, I've asked him about it a few times. He's still pretty quiet about it, but, um, 
on the back end, we've been able to do some pretty cool stuff as far as just getting the word out about it. Right. But coming up at the start of the year, we, we're not sure when we're going to start it. But I've been contacting some GNCC guys, uh, Supercross, and then thanks to guys like Josh Strang, we've been able to get in contact with a few NASCAR guys as well. Um, we've got a bunch of signed jerseys, uh, signed helmets, signed visors uh, that we're all going to we're going to auction all of it off and give 100 percent to the grounds. Um, and just to kind of plug what we've got going into that, um, I've got an ISDE helmet from Caleb Russell. I've got several jerseys signed by Caleb. Um, Ken Roxon mailed us a signed jersey. Uh, NASCAR's Jimmy Johnson. We've got a signed visor from him, Demi, Denny Hamlin. Uh, and then Strang gave us a bunch of signed stuff as well. So, And there's more coming. Um, so it should be a pretty cool auction. I know – a buddy of ours already told us we haven't even started it yet. A buddy of ours told us he's like, "Hey, I saw you guys post the ISDE helmet from Caleb." He's like, "I'm just telling you right now, I don't know how high it'll go." He's like, "But I'll start the bids at 1,200 bucks." Wow! So, <laughs> so my good lord! So that like it ain't even out there yet. People are already like, "Okay, I'm starting here. Let me know if anybody beats that." Man, that's Which just a, great. That's incredible. That's awesome. It just really goes to show, like. You know, we touched on how how this racing community, it's like a big family. And I don't yes. think you could really have a better demonstration of that than than Lucas's situation. Because, like, I don't know Lucas. I've never met him. But, man, I literally get on his uh, Instagram page every day to get an update and see what's going yeah. on. And that's just, you know, that's how this this community is and how tight-knit that we that we really are. And that's just awesome to see. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely kind of gets you right in the feels a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure, I, yeah. I love it. It makes me happy. Yeah, it's it's just it's really crazy because like I grew up around the local racetrack around here, and um, I met a lot of great friends, lifetime friends out there. And it, you could be at a race somewhere, and you might need a chain or, or or something stupid happens, and you know someone it's like five guys come over and start helping you out. You're like, this is oh, yeah. awesome. Like you would never ever get this. Your competitors, else. even. Yeah. Your competitors at that. Yeah. For, for the most part, most of them will come over and help. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just I'm going to really bang cool. bars with you tomorrow and cuss you, but right now we're buddies. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mikey, is there anything else that you have that you want to talk about while we're on here? Um, uh, I know you, you got a lot going on, so we don't want to keep too much of your time, but uh, – <laughs> But we appreciate you coming on and, um, uh, you know, appreciate all the time that you're giving us today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think I'm good. Um, I'm content. I'm ready to get to round one and get back racing. Yeah, I think we're, we're less, what, round 30 days or round 30 days or around there? What is it? No, it's the end, it's uh, the end of February, be, isn't think, it? Oh, is it? I think end? it's last weekend of February. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, last yeah, okay, February. So okay. we got a little while. We got a little bit. We got a little while. We got Supercross coming up, though, soon. Yeah. We got That's Super. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, who's your pick for the uh, 450 title? On, in Supercross, we're just gonna throw that oh, one man. out at you. Um, I I don't talk about it much. My wife and I were were friends with Eli, like his girlfriend Jesse, who they just had a baby with. She worked with us at Toyota, so we got to know him and her pretty well. Uh, more her than him, I should say. Right, um, right. So I kind of root for Eli. 
Uh, but man, I'd like to see Ken Roxon get one. Yeah. Oh man, everybody, <laughs> you, you want to see Kenny get one? Yeah. It's yeah. uh, but my gosh, it's not getting any easier <laughs> with no. that group. I don't know no. how much more stacked of a field than you could have than it's than true than right now. Yeah, I mean, I I got a feeling Zacho is going to do some work yeah, this year. Yeah. He's one of my, he's another guy like because you know it's you know he's pretty close uh he's pretty close to retiring because he even said yeah. this year you know he wasn't even he was planning on retiring before he won the outdoor national yeah. so he, right. you talk about somebody that rides a momentum train yeah. it's definitely him yeah, for so. sure um, yes I I like I like AC but I don't like how much he hits the ground <laughs> <laughs> exactly yes. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so so and I don't even know about, you know, we don't even know who's riding different coasts for for 250. uh 250. <laughs> that thing's all messed up. The schedule's already oh, changed a thousand times. Uh, yes, and I, I would different. I would say it's not done changing at all. So yeah. <laughs> I'm also interested to see how like, you know, uh Barsha Bam Bam's man, I think he's won A1 the last two or three years in a row two in a row It'll right be interesting now yeah to see how he does on the gas gas and if he can start as hot as he has in years past and, and if he uh, can stay consistent for an entire season i, I really think he's going to be like that some you know some, i think he's going to do really good on that because i've listened to a couple of, of interviews about it and he's like man this bike just handles so much better i've never <laughs> been a big yamaha fan since they switched the motor around and mm-hmm. all that stuff especially for the 450 side so I, I really think he's going to gel with this bike. You know, I, I, I just have a feeling he's just gonna, he's gonna come out swinging. Yeah, yeah, I hope. Yeah, oh yeah, if you you gotta want to see Bam Bam in there. I, I mean, yeah. a lot of people don't like him, but he makes races interesting. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like that first race that uh, him and um, that AC got oh, together. AC. Yeah. yeah. Remember him and t- AC got yeah. together and AC was like, man, I thought we both were dying when he, when he oh, cut, yeah. cut off the track and then came across that turn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, Hey Mikey, we appreciate you coming on today, man. Um, it doesn't seem like it's been already an hour, but we're, we're at an hour right now. Um, All right. I got one more question for you before you, I let you off here yeah uh, it's a question that we ask every single person that comes on the show um if you had to pick one fast food restaurant and one candy to eat for the rest of your life and that was all you could eat what would it be oh shit <laughs> um, hardest question of the night you said a fast food and a candy right fast yep. food and a candy all right candies without a doubt and it's probably why i'm a, like if you see pictures of me five years ago versus now you can tell that i have a diet that consists of pilot gas stations and junk food, <laughs> thanks to GNCC. But without a doubt, candy is Reese peanut butter cups. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, boy, fast food. Oh, let's go. <laughs> if I had to pick a favorite, I would probably say In and Out Burger out on the oh, West Coast. But okay. <laughs> we don't have that here. Right. <laughs> so I'll go homegrown. I would probably say a nasty, greasy. Uh, Baconator from Wendy's. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Hey, you're right there with uh, uh, with Bryce, Bryce and Neil. Yeah. That's exactly what he said. That used, yeah, that he, stuff. Like, man, that is probably 100 percent why I've gained 50 pounds in five years. <laughs> well, hey, Bryson said that he used to eat Baconators on his way to the go gym. work out. Yes. <laughs> oh, good God, I kind of want one now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I tell you what, on the Reese Cup side, I love Reese Cups. So my wife bought me three and three of the um, big 
half cup size, like half pound cup size Reese cups. Half pound, yes, oh, half pound. And then her dad, I was there for Christmas. She, he got me a five pound bag of like the little Reese cups. So <laughs> oh hell yeah! I got a, so so many. I'm gonna put on like eight pounds of Reese cups. Oh yeah! <laughs> hey, tis put on the some season, weight, right? get you some diabetes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, peanut butter's got protein, right? I mean, that's good that, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> COVID doesn't stand a chance against that stuff. Heck no. Moonshine oh, and peanut butter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Mikey, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, we appreciate your time today. And like I said, man, we, you know, it, this podcast is awesome because of people like you uh, giving your time and, and, and coming on and, uh, you know, just BSing with a couple of guys that know just enough to be dangerous about racing. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, man. I, thanks for having me. I'll be sure to, uh, I'll share it on the page. We'll share it on the bottleneck and spread the love. Yeah, Thanks, one man. more time before you get off, uh, where can everybody find you on Instagram and Facebook? Uh, so Instagram and Facebook, it's at Mikey Waynes. Um, I think the only other Waynes out there are the Damon Waynes brothers. <laughs> They're not both named Damon. Uh, funny story, Waynes is not even really my last name. Did you guys know that? <laughs> no, no know did that. not know that. Fun fact. <laughs> that, that started, I'll, I'll go real quick with it. That started as a kind of an accident. Um, I started a Twitter handle a long time ago and my, my name is Michael Wayne Simpson. So okay. Mike Simpson, Mikey Simpson, those were all taken on Twitter. So I'm like, okay, Mikey Wayne S my last name. Oh, okay. Then when I started an Instagram, I just used that exact same handle to keep it consistent. Next right. thing I know, I show up to a local race and Hey, people are like, Hey, Mikey Wayne's. And I'm like, who the hell is Mikey Wayne's? <laughs> And they're like, well, that's what you are on, on the internet. And I'm like, oh. So I just kind of went with it. Now, like, people don't even have a clue that my last name is Simpson. So What's great is, which I, a, I don't foresee it ever happening, but if you ever have a job where you have, like, a, a, an HR, and they say, hey, Mikey, Mikey Waynes, you put this on, on Facebook or Instagram, and you're in trouble now. And they're like, that's not even yeah. me. My name's not even Mikey Waynes. <laughs> that's so. not me. That's perfect. <laughs> That's a terrifying thought because my day job, my uh, my human resource lady, were friends on on in, on social media. So that's kind of a, I'll have to keep that in my back pocket. <laughs> there you go, there you go. You can that won't hold up in court. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, All right, Mikey, we appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, we look forward to having you on again down down the road and uh, kind of get an update. Maybe th midway through the GNCC season, GNCC season, we'll get uh, get you back on and see how it's going. Sounds good, man. Anytime. Let me know. All right, All right buddy. Man. We appreciate Thank it. You, Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. See you. See you, man. Bye. So that was Mikey Wayne's uh, and Simpson. <laughs> so uh, that's a fun fact. I, didn't, I don't think anybody really know that. After. No, that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. We appreciate his time. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome having him on here and, and just shooting the crap with us. A uh, uh, lot of inf interesting information uh, yeah. out of that guy. I didn't realize that he was um, – um, I didn't realize how he got into the GNCC world, but it was cool to hear his path and how how dude he's probably he's getting to be close to the top of the industry, mm -hmm. and he's ne was never a racer. How awesome is yeah, that? It's it's crazy. I mean, uh, but but like a lot of people say, you know, like he said, you know, if you can't do it, and then do something else that you can do around Talk the sport that yeah. you like. So. Yeah. Um, it's kind of what we're doing. I mean, we, we, we could ride a little bit, but we're not, we're not there. So, uh, why not do something fun and around the sport? Yeah. So that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Next week, we're going to be discussing, uh, 450 Supercross. We're going to go in depth on, you know, picks and who we think is going to do well next season and how, how we think it's going to go. 
Um, it's uh, it's looking it's looking like it's going to be a really contested year this year. So yeah. we're not going to get too much into the details now, but yeah. Keep- that's. That's something we want to watch out for. Yeah, keep looking out. Um, like I think like we talked about before, we're, we're going to try to start a group for like fantasy uh, for Supercross. And yes, you know, yep. maybe 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 who the winner? Maybe we might give away something. I don't know. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, we're we're you know fair warning out there. Brandon and I are pretty deadly on the <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on yeah. the the uh, Pulpamex. Maybe we'll have to give like uh, Avery Blair and. Uh, those guys a uh, run for their money on Supercross. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, with that being said, guys, we're going to go ahead and start signing out. Yeah. We appreciate you guys listening to this week's episode of the Splitline Off-Road Podcast, and we will be back next week. Uh, just like always, guys. Happy New Year's. Peace. Happy New Year's, guys, and hope you guys had a Merry Christmas as well. So uh, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. The Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me and they tell me how to shoot with a steady hand I guess that's something you don't understand Now I grew up on a prison farm Sneaking pools of shine from a mason jar Used to go fishing out pickle creek down But I guess that's Yeah.